Welcome to the weekly. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. Hey, Matt. Hello. And this week on the weekly, the Fellowship of the King. Don't look back. New edition. Amazon signs Warhammer. Ah, finally, and more AI art accusations in RPGs. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of Christmas happiness, Christmas joy hidden in that list of uh, topics. So we'll see. We'll see if we can pull one of those, pull it out of there. But let's start with some absolute insanity. <laughs> the Fellowship of the King. <laughs> if you if you remember that name, that title, that's because that's the Lord of the Rings fan fiction, basically, that was written by Demetrius Polychron. And uh, he... <laughs> He's a very enthusiastic fan fiction writer. So he uh, recently, his most recent news was that he had sued Amazon and the Tolkien uh, estate, and maybe specifically the grandson, uh, for $250 million for infringement of his book, The Fellowship of the King. And uh, it's basically because he's saying that the Rings of Power, once the Rings of Power TV show was on the air, he noticed similarities obviously taken from his story. <laughs> <laughs> so an update, an update to the story, a judge has found his case to be without merit and he uh, has charged him or he has, uh, you know, uh, requested that he pay the $134,000 uh, legal fee bill that Amazon and uh, the Tolkien estate had to come up with just to put up with this, you know, answer this, this nonsense. So back in 2017, Polycon registered his book, The Fellowship of the King, with the U.S. Copyright Office. Then he sent a letter to Simon Tolkien, who is the uh, uh, director of the estate and in the grandson of J.R.R., and uh, he requested a review of his book, and the, the, he sent the manuscript of his book, and he requested a review of it, <laughs> and they just ignored it. And then in 2019, he hired a lawyer and uh, contacted the estate again and proposed a collaboration to work on this project. They immediately said no, <laughs> but but Polycron would not be discouraged. He personally delivered a copy of his manuscript to Simon Tolkien's home for consideration. <laughs> I don't know why the police did not get involved at that point, but yeah. So this just continued on. And uh, so he continued, uh, so he intended uh, to publish The Fellowship of the King and an additional six books uh, series independently. So he's just going to self-publish these books. And so he uh, did that in, uh, began to do that in uh, uh, 2022. So about the same time Rings of Power was on the air. So then he claimed that, yeah, they, they stole his ideas and they were, they were taking things <laughs> directly from his book. And um, so, yeah, that uh, there was a, um, uh, a quote from the Tolkien, uh, uh, you know, after this judgment of the frivolous and unreasonable uh, lawsuit and the uh, award of uh, the legal fees of 134000 the Tolkien estate uh, issued a statement that said, there is an important, su- this is an important success for the Tolkien estate, which will not permit unauthorized authors and publishers to monetize J.R.R. Tolkien's much-loved works in any way. So this is Steve Mayer, the, the, the lawyer for the estate. This case involved a serious infringement of the Lord of the Rings copyright undertaken on a commercial basis, and the estate hopes that the award of permanent injunction, ooh, a permanent injunction, so yeah, he can't do anything now with that. Uh, and attorney's fees will be sufficient to dissuade others with similar intentions. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they issued also with the legal fees a permanent injunction so that the book and its six sequels uh, can never uh, never be uh, published. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, darn. <laughs> too bad. And I, I believe that um, the Tolkien estate also is... Uh, I thought there was a a countersuit as well, but uh, maybe yeah, no, it got it got mm-hmm. ruled with prejudice, which means you had to pay all the legal fees. Right, right. I didn't hear about a countersuit. Yeah, I don't know if they. Uh, yeah, I don't think They're they probably okay. like you know what are they going to do? Just destroy this random <laughs> guy? Right. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Th- I don't see anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's insane. That's that's a little too much enthusiasm. But the article that I. Uh, read this update about also talked about um you know this is a this is a 
a problem that if you have a, a property, you do have to be very careful and very protective of. So the Babylon 5's creator, uh, J. Michael uh, Straczynski, uh, has had that kind of trouble um, and has like basically a zero tolerance with uh, fans sending him story ideas because he, he doesn't, yeah. Yeah, doesn't want that when that show was in production, didn't want that stuff to come up at all. And there've been other, you know, comic book uh, artists or comic book writers and, and novelists that have just yeah discouraged people. Okay, you like my stuff? Don't send me your fan fiction because then if I have parallel thinking and I you know have some similar yeah. idea, you're gonna think I stole it. I like the idea of uh, how I wish it would have played out is in the courtroom. The Amazon attorney's like. <laughs> Well, Your Honor, clearly we didn't steal anything from this gentleman's material because otherwise uh, <laughs> Ring of Power would have been better. But boom. I'm sorry. Exactly. That would have been. That is just proof that they didn't steal yeah. anything because that series was crap. <laughs> that was such a terrible, terrible show. Oh, man. Well, more Amazon or more news uh, linked to uh, Amazon. So Amazon, it's been a year. I think we first reported this end of last year. Amazon inks a deal to produce Warhammer films, television, and more. I don't know if that it says that illegally in the contract and more. I don't know what and more could possibly be. But uh, yeah, maybe they'll do some merchandising or something as well. So we, we heard about this a long time ago. Henry Cavill was uh, uh, already attached to this even before there was much of a deal. And uh, he was... Uh, having you know, kind of creative differences with The Witcher, with uh, Netflix and the uh, the uh, the people that were producing the showrunners that were producing The Witcher, and uh, did some interviews and talked about his love of 40k. So finally, um, the, the there was an official announcement on the uh, Games Workshop. Uh, community site and uh, it's been kind of you know, back and forth. There's been like little bits of news throughout the year about what the status of this is. There's been some projects, some 40k projects we've heard, you know, they were pitching an Eisenhorn series and that just disappeared. Like we never heard anything else about this or about that, but this uh, seems to be going forward. And uh, so games workshop and Kevil are going to be using a us based production company, vertigo entertainment, and they have an okay, they have some okay previous hmm. uh, uh, projects. They did Barbarian. Uh, they worked on the Lego franchise, the It films, and The Departed. So that's Roy Lee oh, no. and, yeah, and Natalie Viscos Viscoso. Uh, so, yeah, we could, uh, we could see some nice product. But the head at Amazon is a moron. You know, she... she <laughs> trashed the uh the conan you know series that they were going to do for amazon and she's mm -hmm. the reason that the rings of power is terrible because there's like i think galadriel is basically a self-insert of her uh so it's uh the the casting was you know they obviously ran the casting by her because <laughs> there's weird similarities uh between uh who they cast the, the little tiny galadriel and uh and the, the ahead of what media or whatever at uh, Amazon. So I don't have a lot of hope for this. Um, I really think that, uh, uh, and, and we've seen Henry Cavill, like, you know, suffer <laughs> under Netflix <laughs> trying to uh, do Geralt of Rivia yeah. um, and finally just, you know, gave up. Uh, so he's got, he did what, three seasons of that? And they're going to, they're going to change actors now, but he's just frustrated with uh, how far from the source material they were going, how much the, um, the writers and producers like had open disdain for the source material. You know, it's really strange on The Witcher. So, I mean, I, 40K is not a setting that you're going to be able to sanitize and make uh, <laughs> make very if inclusive. She, if she doesn't like Conan, oh boy, <laughs> yes. she's not going to like 40K. Right. But I have a feeling Chris will get her uh, female space marines. I have a feeling uh, that uh, the female space marine may be coming if Amazon is going to do 40K. Yeah. Um, I had read an article about this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were just totally got the wrong information, but it was saying that an executive at Games Workshop signed with the deal without getting full like permission from mm. the company. Mm-hmm. And that it was the terms are really bad, so that like Games Workshop was going to have to pay Amazon for any like product they released related to the show. Oh, uh huh. You know, I don't know if that's since been retracted and it was bad reporting, but mm -hmm. when I read that, I was like, oh 
oh my god <laughs> yeah i heard little little strange bits like the things that were slowing down the deal was uh amazon wanted to look at uh, games workshops numbers their sales numbers and things so and games workshop was like wait wait what why what you know they wanted to find out exactly how popular maybe the property was and uh yeah so yeah interesting that's probably been a lot of shenanigans <laughs> going on and it is amazon but if i think about like Amazon series, I, I really, maybe Tales from the Loop was the only series that I thought was done well and didn't have any like strange, you know, you know, kind of messing with or anything, didn't have any weird agenda in it or any like kind of butchering of the source material. I thought they did, they did a really interesting job of like a timeless, weird Twilight Zone kind of thing, which fit Tales from the Loop. What about you? Do you have any Amazon series you thought? What? I was going to say, I've kind of gotten bored with it and stopped watching it, but The Boys was pretty, hmm. was pretty no holds barred. Like they were, yeah, they sh they shifted though. I think, um, yeah, they, they they shifted from the source material into some kind of silliness though with their uh, their Nazi character, their for their that former escaped Nazi character and stuff. They did a little bit of, uh, but yeah, no, it, it is definitely. I would say that's a good sign, like how they let the boys kind of do its thing. And be pretty, yeah. pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. It was dark and graphic. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It kind of, you'd have to kind of need that level of stuff with 40K, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sexual stuff, really, because that's not a thing that gets covered in 40K, obviously. <laughs> but, but like the gore and the death and the, mm -hmm. you know, the freaking sociopathic characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely. You need that. <laughs> Yeah, and it's going to be tricky too because I think you need British accents. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't want to see them do a whole American cast of Warhammer. That might be a little brutal as well. So yeah, there's things that are up for interpretation too, right? Like, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. What does Space Marines sound like? <laughs> right. They just sound pissed. Yeah. So there was a uh, a quote. Um, a quote from Cavill said, I've loved Warhammer since I was a boy, making this moment truly special for me. The opportunity to shepherd the cinematic universe from its inception is quite the honor and the responsibility. Uh, this was in a, a press release. And he said, I couldn't be more grateful for all the hard work put in by Vertigo, Amazon, and Games Workshop to make this happen. One step closer to making a nigh-on lifelong dream come true. Nice. So, uh, yeah. So now give Joe Magniola... The Dragonlance, the starring role in his favorite Dragonlance series, and then all of those actors' dreams will come true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then there was a quote from the um, uh, creative director, the Games Workshop, that said, "It's great news, and we're absolutely thrilled. We're working with fantastic triumvirate <laughs> of Henry Vertigo and Amazon. Henry's well-known love of 40K and his passion as a world builder and storyteller will serve us well in the coming years." Finally, Warhammer will make it to the screen as fans had hoped and as they deserved. Exciting times. Yeah. I hope it worked out, but I mean, I think Henry, he might end up just being disappointed <laughs> by yet another streaming giant, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, just like, oh, I can't. And this is like, you know, he's, he's not getting any younger. So yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be playing the, um, the grizzled veteran soon. So, uh, yeah, I hope this, I hope this goes okay. But, um, yeah. And from what they've done on, um, from the things I've seen from, uh, Warhammer Plus, the original content they produced, it's a real mixed bag. So they can't really get their creative thing kind of focused. You know, they, they, it's yeah, it's kind of all over the place as far as like quality and storytelling and everything. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they'll find the you know writers that this clicks with, and um, yeah, they won't just go with the whole Lego movie, <laughs> Lego movie showrunners. I don't know, but um, yeah, somebody that really like has a, a a passion for this or or really like just kind of gets the vibe or they come up with you know some something interesting. But I think they're going to be surprised. This isn't this doesn't have mass appeal. You know, this is not going to be a, a a mass appeal uh setting on Amazon. It's definitely has its fans. You know, so we'll see. It, I think it could bring people in hmm. the way Game of Thrones did though, because. Mm -hmm, Game of Thrones did not have, you know, outside of book readers, it did not have mass appeal. Yes. And then when people, when it was so crazy, it just, the word of mouth was so big. 
yeah. and just brought everybody in. So if they commit to the crazy, they probably will get a decent audience. No, that's that's a good point. If they have like unpredictable character deaths and stuff, but they're not going to have the nudity unless like Slanesh is heavily involved. They're not going to have the nudity required for a Game of Thrones type success. Yeah, yeah, no, you won't really go with the nudity, but like just the like, oh my god, they just killed those you know people mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just the brutality of that universe if they're not if they don't shy away from it and ring of power it mm-hmm. uh, then you know it, i think it could could land some sci-fi people who haven't really paid attention to 40k yeah that's true and i'm curious if they're actually going to aim for a theatrical release for like a 40k movie that would be really interesting because um i think there's a little bit of weakness now with you know what disney and you know disney's marvel and star wars i think there's weakness and a new you know kind of dominant ip that has like you know movies every few years um might uh might be able to uh, you know take take away some of that audience but yeah i don't know yeah i I don't know i don't i wonder like kind of what the vibe they're going to go for is because kind of current i I don't know i don't know i've just read much more horace heresy than i've read like current 40k stuff so and the 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 Warhammer Plus stuff does uh, not encourage me to think that they really know what they're doing with with 40k. So we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, it w- it's going to take some really skillful writing, but it would be nice if they could emulate sort of that or- original satirical intent behind a lot of the 40k mm, stuff. Right. Know? Yeah. If they maybe, don't. Go- yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, Orcus mentioned in the chat, Rogue Trader. Like maybe if you had like a Rogue Trader. Mm. character who like our our way of looking in at this universe yes yes and he just watches all this horrible shit go down all the time mm-hmm. that might be kind of interesting. yeah i really yeah i wonder and they'll, they'll have you know maybe different series and different properties but i wonder what, if they're going to do the thing with the, where you focus on humanity and space marines are rare and terrifying or if all the characters are space marines <laughs> so it's a it's a really uh uh, yeah, because I think the only thing they ever released, and that was straight to video, was that Ultramarines uh, animation. I think that's the only kind of like movie thing Games Workshop has produced, and that was just you know all Space Marines, and so yeah, fighting Tyranid. So I don't know. We shall see. Uh, yeah, but I I hope uh, yeah I hope Henry's involvement encourages uh, encourages them to uh, make some good choices, but you never know. So you were waiting for it, and I've got it. The little mm. the little piece of Christmas joy, a little piece of happiness. So all we've heard about from Hasbro is layoffs and uh, you know, people that had a, a passion community managers and and people that lost their jobs that, you know, were doing nothing but, you know, positively contributing to the hobby. But Games Workshop has a profit sharing scheme with its employees, and uh, they issued a bonus of two thousand five hundred pounds this year, mm-hmm. so an end of year staff bonus, and so that means they're splitting up a big chunk of change um, for their uh, uh, employees, and this, that's a really that's a nice thing to see the um, yeah the total. So, and this is up from a previous uh, uh, up from a previous amount uh, last year. So the the success of what Games Workshop is doing is being passed on to the employees. So it makes me a little curious why there were so many defections <laughs> recently. So maybe your salary isn't great, but the bonus is okay. But uh, yeah, that was a little a little happy, a uh, little bit of, of happiness. Um, I was surprised that, uh, uh, yeah, we got a little, little good news from one of these uh, publicly yeah. traded companies instead of just the, uh, oh yeah, and they're laying them off uh, right. <laughs> at the beginning yeah, of the like, new year. They do that as like a contrast to what Hasbro did. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're just trying to not look as terrible as Hasbro. Yeah, but that, that's not hard, I don't think. But um, yeah, but still, I'm just yeah, I'm not a fan of what Games Workshop has been doing lately with all of their rules and games and properties. And they uh, they there was a little leak. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but there was a leak of um, one of the old world fantasy of the Tomb Kings box cover someone took a photo of it with their phone at the warehouse so we got to see kind of the the contents of that box they are just re-releasing 30 year old plastic mostly really yeah so i have no i've now my excitement for old world is zero because that stuff if right after they killed um 
what right after Age of Sigmar was introduced and they killed the old world, people were just dumping their armies onto um, eBay and, and places. So you could buy up a lot of the uh, you know old models if you wanted them. And so they are doing minimal uh, new sculpts and they're just kind of like repackaging old stuff and selling it for the new price. You know, so it's going to be the old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like I have, I have zero interest now in whatever they're going to do with the old world. I mean, I, maybe I want to get a digital copy of the rules so I can play with old models. But yeah. um, but they, they, they've also people were wondering about the the strange choices between uh, the armies the armies that they chose for this you know old world re <laughs> rebirth whatever, and um, it's suspiciously uh, they just eliminated any overlap. So anything that they that was doing well in Age of Sigmar, they're not going to duplicate and compete with themselves in the old world. So they just killed those factions. They're going to give them kind of the those bullshit kind of one pass, uh, you know, legendary kind of rules that so you can play anything in this new system, but it's not going to be balanced. It's just going to be nonsense. Um, and they're not going to be included as the, like the narrative you know, as the lore and everything. Uh, if they move forward with that, it's not going to, um, contain any of, uh, any of those armies. So my enthusiasm went from, ah, oh, mildly interested to zero interest. I don't want to buy those. Some of those old sculpts, especially like they're when they do skeletons and stuff are so wonky in old, uh, you know, in a, in a charming way, but they're not worth paying modern prices <laughs> for, right. for those wonky looking old skeletons. It's too bad. They could have, they should have gone in a completely different direction. Right. Cause mm -hmm. You know, I've heard you and Chris talk about how uh, a lot of the new models aren't really meant to be uh, kit bashed or anything, mm -hmm. like the way they're designed. Right. And it would be neat if for Old World they'd gone the other direction and like everything was on sprues and you could mix and match and, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, this is going to be our, you know, our more open custom hobby game and, yeah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have that would have been great. And now I think the um people have started hoarding the the old, you know, Warhammer fantasy stuff. So now on any of the auction sites and everything, the prices are insane for the old stuff. So, yeah, Games Workshop is basically they can raise those prices as, as high as they want because they'll never be able to <laughs> get as ridiculous as the the resellers on, you know, eBay and those other places. Yeah, I've been getting uh, ads <laughs> Mm -hmm. on social media for i don't remember the name of the company but some company that like they're like we want to buy your miniature <laughs> <laughs> like, wow have we gotten to that point okay <laughs> yeah maybe with some yeah some of that stuff and yeah some of the stuff that you know they're never going to produce metal miniatures again so yeah yeah interesting yeah but i think there has been a kind of a tightening of that and uh unfortunately shipping has gotten so bad i can't even like think about foreign auction sellers now the uh, shipping kind of doubles the price of everything. All right, but I kind of did stuff out of order, but let's take a look. <laughs> let's take a look at Don't Look Back. So Don't Look Back is getting a new edition, and what the heck is Don't Look Back? So Black Sight Studios uh, is releasing this new edition of their horror miniatures game. So as the the title implies, it's a uh, it's kind of a slasher killer base. So you play as survivors, heroes, unfortunates being pursued by a killer. And so I thought this was, as far as a miniature game, this is a very different take because you know so much of what we're seeing now is either army or skirmish in, in miniatures games, and this is specifically a killer <laughs> a killer chasing a group of uh a group of kids a group of survivors a group of uh somebody so you know imitating the, the hollywood tropes of the slasher films uh so yeah this this seems this seems like an interesting approach so this game first came out it's a 32 millimeter miniatures game in 2020 this new version will uh, update some mechanics and clarify some rules and also give you new characters. There's a, a full plot creation section and then there are classic plots from the first edition plus the ability to randomly generate new ones to extend the replayability as much as possible, which I think would be a, if you only had a certain number of scenarios, you could, you could go through those pretty fast. 
But uh, they also, in addition, uh, there'll be uh, vehicle rules, companion rules, and the previous expansions that were released for the first uh, edition are going to be in this book as well. So trilogies, Final Call, and Pack Hunt are all going to be part of the special edition, or sorry, the second edition uh, as the book, and they're going to be in a section called uh, Advanced Rules. So I guess they added mechanics, so there'll be the Advanced Rules section. And along with this new book, there is going to be a uh, two new sets of uh, miniatures. So 32-millimeter 32, 32 resin miniatures. Uh, so a set of uh, the original characters, so Max, Set, and the rest <laughs> of the original, plus two new characters, Maya and Keen. So eight miniatures, brand new sculpts. Uh, that uh, will give you more survivors to play as. And it's it's kind of the typical tropes that they take from, you know, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw. Like there's a, a character in a wheelchair, like Texas Chainsaw. And there's, I'm sure there's somebody with very short cutoffs. <laughs> but um, yeah, so- Your guy in a football jacket. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. And uh, so, uh, so you'll get uh, the, those miniatures, they're eight character cards and then 28 item cards based on the original deck. And then also the Ranger Sand Andy's Garage deck that came out for the first edition. The second set of new miniatures is the Killer set. So um, this is the uh, ability. So I thought this was a good idea. So um, they're calling this set the Northwood set. And it's uh, uh, the way you kind of create your, your deadly killer. So in the set, there are only two bodies, but a selection of heads and arms and weapons. So you can basically create a, a unique character from all of the included uh, body parts. So you'll be able to do like two separate. And if you magnetize it, you can probably do an infinite combination <laughs> of killers. But uh, yeah, they're giving you a bunch of different parts to, uh, to make new killers. Um, and I think based on, you know, whatever you roll for the scenario, or whatever. So I'd, I'm really interested in seeing these rules because I wonder how a chase works, you know, because I know how that works. Like they've done that in online games. They've been a Friday the 13th and I think a Texas Chainsaw online game. So I know how that kind of pursuit thing works in a video game. So how would that work on the tabletop? And would it be satisfying or just, you know, would it be scary? Like, would it be terrifying that this, uh, uh, this, you know, mindless killer is pursuing you? Yeah. And I don't, there's already board games that have this, you know, mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. one versus many board games right? that, that do this. Some of them are hidden movement games, and but there are oh, yeah. some, there are, I can't remember what they're called. But there's a little series of them where it's like a slasher one and I think a werewolf one and some mm -hmm. other ones. And I'm wondering like what, what does making it uh, just a completely miniature game as opposed to a board game? What mm. is that? What advantage does that have? Right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Maybe it's like the flexibility in scenarios. That's why they they have you like you, you can actually like you know randomly generate it. So you know, a board game would be stuck to the components and the board that you were on. You could have you know tiles or whatever you could uh, flip over or move around. But this probably gives you like you can flavor it however you want. Yeah, it would give you the ability to. Uh, we want to do. You know, very Texas Chainsaw style, so they're just running through, you know, dark, dark fields of grass, mm. or um, yeah. So I wonder uh, if there's a, uh, but I don't know. I, I don't think I could build a whole neighborhood if we're doing Halloween. I don't want to build an yeah. entire neighborhood of, in Pasadena, or wherever, <laughs> I mean, in Illinois, wherever they were. Or are you doing Friday the Thirteenth? You're gonna need a lake, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's right. We need to be all these campers and their little, yeah. It's uh. Uh, yeah, so interesting. So the uh, so the killers set also includes visage cards, ammo cards, and trait cards. So there must be uh, mechanics for how the killers operate. Uh, so those two, uh, yeah, those two are all uh, revised and updated for the second edition. So I didn't. There's not a a date on this release, so it may be uh, maybe on its way. Yeah, I didn't see. A, uh, there wasn't there wasn't a date, but we're getting a new. Uh, a new version. So probably I would imagine in the new year, if it was announced this late, I, I don't think it's, I guess on the shelves for Christmas. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, know. I don't yeah. think so. But yeah, this is, that was a fun, uh, uh, a fun different type of miniatures game that uh, we haven't tried yet. So don't look back. And finally, we're going to end on such a, a sour note such a negative <laughs> note but i have i have slightly come around to the use of ai art so there uh -oh. there is an appropriate use 
for AI art because I have seen some really bizarre thumbnails <laughs> for YouTube videos. <laughs> so stuff that, you know, is just slapped together anyhow, you know, it doesn't, is not concerned with copyright or anything. YouTube thumbnails are just garbage and AI image generation is perfect for the garbage of YouTube. And I've just seen a couple of different, uh, um, I, I just can imagine whatever the prompts were that they wrote to generate these images, like, you know, uh, like Muppets on fire and like all kinds of like, like really funny, like, wow. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> that wouldn't be worth drawing. That wouldn't be worth an artist's time to produce, but, uh, it sure does make a, uh, a funny thumbnail. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, yeah, AI art is just lovely, but it has no value. You can't sell it. You can't do anything with it. Just, yeah, throw it up on your YouTube thumbnail. Okay, that's there we go. There's a use. There's a use case for oh. <laughs> AI art. Because <laughs> we're not getting it back. They won't get to do all their sad pictures. Oh, that's right. Yeah, all the pictures. Of the, yeah. But then they, I would love AI to generate some of those sad pictures with like, you know, seven fingers and stuff. That would be great. Yeah, they could get like mid journey. Um, I need a picture of Gary Gygax crying. <laughs> In front of uh, DM's guide, right, and the Lake Geneva landscape. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, the only uh, whatever AI is being used for a lot of this stuff has some of the kind of barriers taken down because they're using like um, there must be naming celebrities and say you know give me a version of you know Brie Larson if she was in a Pixar movie or whatever so and you know and she's like crying or frowning or whatever so I've seen a lot of those odd cases as well so I I think a lot of the image generators restrict that kind of stuff so they must be using stuff that is a little bit more permissive so yeah, yeah we'll see but speaking of AI art and all this rambling Dungeons and Dragons says no generative AI was used uh so there was some art so Basically, PAX Unplugged 2023 is the gift that keeps on giving. It just creates <laughs> endless stories. Uh, so a promotional image that was used to promote the uh, player's handbook, the, the revised player's handbook, has come under scrutiny. So the artist was uh, Nestor Osadon. Osadon? Ozandon. Osandon. I'm, I'm really great with names. I'm so sorry. I, I punish everybody that has a, uh, a not uh, shortened American name, <laughs> Osadon. And, uh, he produced a, uh, an image of a dwarf fighter. And, um, some people got weird about it. He's got a very interesting kind of dynamic style. Um, he did, did a lot of work. I think he's done uh, mostly uh, Magic the Gathering work, and he did work like he, for their 40K sets and stuff. So he's got a really interesting uh, dynamic and does really kind of crazy uh, uh, lighting effects and things. And it's because of the technique that he uses um, that gives this interesting effect. But some people were looking at it and, ah, oh, I'm very suspicious. And the, the recent pylon, you know, the people are still, they've got the OGL in their craw and they've got all this stuff that they want to punish wizards for. So they saw this, this artist's work, not realizing the, the extent of his portfolio. And, uh, they started sticking that image into, uh, these websites that, you know, detect what percent possibility the, um, Art could be generated by AI, by generative AI, like uh, Dolly, Midjourney, Stable Diffusion, and uh, they got a like a, a not a ninety nine point nine. They got like a, a, a you know a score in the nineties, and they're like, ha ha, there's our proof. So then, of course, they ran to social media and a a, cre a designer, a game designer who I've, I really have a lot of respect for as a as a designer was kind of leading this this charge, and you know people are just looking for chinks in the armor of uh you know watsi or basically D, D because of the bad decisions D is making to just embarrass them more and insult them more because you know we even saw they they had social media obviously ai generated work promoting their tomb raider uh, magic the gathering set so it's not like they don't you know, they've never used ai so people have been looking for it unfortunately they targeted this artist and uh, didn't do any follow-up, just, you know, used a web tool, set up, most likely, could be, and um, then there were uh, accusations. So, uh, Wizards of the Coast posted uh, to the D&D Beyond's uh, Twitter account, we became aware of the community concerns that generative AI was used in an art piece we recently teased. We confirmed with the artist that no generative uh, AI was used, which is consistent with our artist guidelines restricting it. 
and then uh, uh, Christian Hoffer, an actual journalist from comic, uh, from comicbook.com, uh, contacted directly uh, Osendan, and uh, uh, he said that uh, first of all, uh, or the the artist. Uh, I got back to him and said, first of all, I do not use artificial intelligence for my work, and no one but you and my director have asked me. Uh, and that image is a com is completely painted. It is one of my favorite recent jobs that I was able to do. So that, that really is sad. Like, the piece they went after yeah. is, like, one of his favorites. But he showed his process. And this is a common digital art process. Um, he showed the original pencil sketch that laid everything out, and then the... Um, the, the stages of the art. And it took him weeks, you know, it takes him weeks to paint this painting or to do this digital painting, this digital illustration. But there's a common technique where I guess to give you a kind of maximum flexibility, because if you have an experience with painting, like color and tone, like color and light are something that are very hard to balance. And, you know, you can move in, in bad directions and kind of screw up, um, you know, lighting and tone on a, on a very complicated image. So what a lot of illustrators do is they basically do a tonal piece, a, a grayscale black and white piece to get all of their lighting and all of the, the kind of mass and the, the uh, uh, composition exactly how they want it. And then they go over on another digital layer and put the color, uh, the coloring in. So then they can do like the opposed, you know, more cinematic, like opposed lighting or little beams of light and things that give you like more interesting and um, kind of visually uh, uh, compelling uh, effects. And so that's a very common thing. So that may be one of the things that, you know, keys the, uh, uh, these, you know, AI detectors off is that style. It's, you know, it's layered, you know, it's layered digital. And so it has, it has a different, uh, a different, yeah, different effects. Oh, and he even, yeah, he even talks about that. Um, uh, so the artist said, uh, as you see in uh, other old works, uh, you can see my tendency is very similar when it comes to painting. I always paint with warm, uh, warm and cold uh, one, uh, warm and warm and cold ones on the face. Uh, thanks to uh, working together with the art director, they give me the freedom uh, and the appropriate time to development develop it. Uh, this character is completely painted from scratch with gray superimposed uh, color technique. Uh, when I paint the cold tones to give the atmosphere and light, and then it took me two weeks, and my director was very happy with the work. So we should definitely contact these artists before throwing them, uh, you know, putting them in a uh, a bonfire and, and uh, wanting to burn them at the stake. Um, but, you know, this isn't without precedent. Precedent. There was the uh, the Bigsby Presents Glory of Giants, where there was obviously a uh, some AI manipulation, not AI completely like not generative, but AI tools that were used to uh, do some modifications that created some odd some odd uh, errors, <laughs> some odd AI miscalculations. So yeah, this is a I'm, and the problem is. Uh, with if if there's going to be a witch hunt about AI art and the and the use of it, it's going to become more and more problematic because all of the tools that artists use are now starting to incorporate AI technology. So it's kind of second guessing a lot of their line work and a lot of their their brushwork and things in digital painting. You know, if, if you allow it, hopefully there's you know ways to completely disable it. But so many of the major software packages. Are, are proudly announcing this, you know, use of AI. And it will, in certain cases, like, you know, especially for um, doing variations. And, you know, if you've completed a piece and you want to be able to show variations to a client or whatever, I think AI would be great because you can knock out backgrounds, you can change things very drastically and save a lot of time. And, you know, if you're just using, as if you're just training that AI, AI with your work, then morally, ethically, you know, you're not... Uh, you're not causing any problems, but uh, yeah, I think this is going to be until this gets sorted out in the in the courts, and until we have kind of a real good understanding of the capabilities and what the the products of these uh, this software is, this technology is, then we'll uh, we'll keep having these troubles. Yeah, I saw um, his examples of how he builds the painting, and it was cool because with that gray. What it what it instantly reminded me of was like oh this is like painting a miniature right you primed mm -hmm. it and then you went over it with your colors mm -hmm. and so that was kind of cool I think with regard to the YouTubers mm -hmm. uh, that you mentioned earlier I I don't know how much of it is they're just looking for the next thing to get Watsy on as much as they've realized that this stuff brings the clicks. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so it could be amazing bad or amazing good. I think they have no conscience. I think they don't care. They just want the next thing that's going to get them clicks. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know. But with the AI art, like it's going to create a lot of chaos and mm -hmm. a lot of distrust. Well, it already is, but uh, you know, like everyone is going to be free to just question everyone's art and like just mm, yeah. cash cast doubt on it, you know? And mm -hmm. the only thing that benefits from that, in my opinion, is AI art. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, true. I, yeah. If, if everyone's accusing everyone of using it, then AI <laughs> art's just going to flourish. You right. Know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and it's kind of like one of those things too, where are you going to stay? Are, are you going to do oil paintings for all of your illustrations and have them scanned in? Like, are you going to stay in this very analog world trying to do art for digital card games and things? It, it's, that's just insane. Like you have to step up, you have to change your tool set to be compliant and be able to, to be as nimble, you know, and, and accept the, basically uh, be capable of accepting lower pay. Like there isn't anyone that's going to pay you for doing oil paintings anymore. You know, there's only people that are going to pay you for doing digital paintings. And that's a much lower, that's a much lower price point. Yeah, it's like, um, you know how there's like, if you have like a famous autograph, like one of the ways that they kind of use to authenticate it is they'll keep, have like photos mm -hmm. of, oh. of when they were, when they signed it mm -hmm. or, a letter with it or something i think like you're gonna have these <laughs> real human pictures we're gonna have to like video themselves doing the whole right. thing yes and then they'll be like okay see it's real <laughs> he did he spent two weeks we've got the live streams we know yeah. he did it yeah really you'll have to that's funny because i actually had a client that requested i do that he wanted me to go to have a live video of my photoshop at all times that he could check on any time that I was doing work for him. I was like, wow, a surveillance state creative uh, relationship. That sounds great. I can't wait until everything requires that. Mm -hmm. But a company, not Watsy, did uh, uh, give me a little... Okay, we're ending positive. We're ending positive. A little All hope. Right. A little hope. A little happiness. So Nightfall Games had a... Um, uh, an update on their latest uh, T2 Judgment Day uh, Kickstarter... So they, uh, Nightfall Games posted an update entitled Skynet Tried a Stealth Attack. So they um, were finalizing their books for the T2 and Resist, the, uh, the kind of next part of their uh, Terminator RPG series. And uh, uh, their uh, head uh, designer, Jared, noticed that a few of the art pieces had a, a little bit of a sus suspicious look to them. So uh, he showed the files to the other uh, members of the production team, and uh, then they uh, confirmed, they had it confirmed that the um, the art was uh, produced. So they did use a uh, uh, an art identifying program, got a 99.9% .9 match that the this was generated in specifically in mid-journey. And uh, they identified uh, the work produced by the individual. It ended up being 16 pieces from the book itself. Uh, so they're going to need, to, they, they um, kind of had a uh, emergency, you know, all night kind of uh, some all night sessions to, to get this uh, corrected, to replace all of that artwork. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, and they, in this update, they had a really, a really nice message uh, that they, uh, and it says, uh, after they described the situation and what they had to do and that it's going to delay the production, uh, but they minimized it as much as possible. They said, but why does this matter? And it said, it matters because AI art is theft. It creates mm. art from a massive, massive portfolio of art and images that have been created by real people. It then splurges, uh, splurges out poor mockeries of these arts without any consideration of the artist. And uh, this can be done by any Tom, Dick, or Harry. We do not cheat artists. We are artists. We do not cheat you, our backers and customers. We are a small company who focus on good and original art and pay well for it. We find this situation abhorrent, upsetting, and depressing. So yeah. that's a great response. So Mark, Ben, Jared, and Dave, kudos to you. Uh, so Nightfall Games, yeah. yeah. 
give them some uh, give them some love because they uh, they're, they're paying attention to this and they're not and you know they're using a licensed IP so this stuff has to go through approval by the IP owners so you know they they and obviously the IP owners are not looking for this so they are um, uh, paying attention and uh, so um, a common thing and you see that when uh, you see art um, you see digital art a lot there is a technique that uh, some illustrators use that is a, basically a digital overpaint like they will take a, a still from a movie and then create a digital painting on top of it which is almost you know it's a little it's a it's a quicker method to give you the the likeness better and they can of course change the lighting and everything in their painting but i think for likenesses of known characters that's a a thing that's done so um uh, sometimes that leads to suspicion of, you know, how was this generated? But um, there are those those strange blended and, and weird kind of Frankenstein characteristics that only AI art has that can be caught. So yeah, so the Terminator 2 Judgment Day RPG will be AI art free, even though you will be battling an AI the entire time <laughs> in the game. The, the game makers are battling AI for you. <laughs> yes, right. Humanity is fighting the machines, even from both the real world and this setting. So um, yeah, that's great. I was, I was really happy to... Uh, uh, to see them do that, so there are there are, and and I guess you know, Watsi is claiming that they are. That's what they tell their artists as well: is no generative images. So uh, yeah, we'll this will continue until this kind of gets sorted out. How we're going to handle this, like legally, what this is. I mean, I really hope my my hope is that they just say generative AI art is not a thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is not a commodity. You can't, it has no value. I hope that ends up being the distinction so that, yeah, all, all the hobbyists and fanfic people, anybody wants to make all of their dreams come true and, and have uh, Picard and, and data making out and all of their fan art, <laughs> whatever they want, they can push a button and make that happen. But uh, uh, as far as things that are sold for money and uh, things that support an economy of creative people, you know, I hope that uh, there will be tools, but I hope, you know, completely generative from uh, stolen uh, stolen data sets does no, you know, no longer exists in, uh, in this, in the industry. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to see. So we ended a little Christmas happiness and we ended on a positive note for a company that's proactive in their, uh, in their publishing, you know, which, which hurts them because it, you know, makes all of the, uh, the backers have to wait that much, you know, longer for the book, but it doesn't sound like they, um, they slowed things down too much because they, uh, they moved on this as fast as possible. So good stuff. All right. Well, that will do it for this week. So where can people find you, Matt? Oh, uh, I am on Instagram and threads, uh, at Hargald, H-A-A-R-G-A-L-D. Um, tomorrow we get to do session two yes. of Deathmatch Island. Yes. With Looking new, forward to that. Yes, with new tokens, new tokens as well. <laughs> oh yeah, new tokens, and unless you all get killed in the Battle Royale, new island. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should nice. be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm pretty pretty fatigued. I don't know how much use I'm going to be. But uh, <laughs> uh, so yes, I'm still trying. The holiday is making it difficult, but I'm still trying to do my uh, abuse cartoons uh, regular uh, streaming sessions. So abuse cartoons on YouTube and Twitch. You can read this cartoon at Go Comics. So gocomics.com slash domestic abuse to see 20 years of a single panel gag cartoon about inanimate objects. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah, well, that should be compelling. And if you like what we're doing here with the weekly, please consider becoming a weakling. So patreon.com slash upturn table uh, will get you access to uh, the RSS feed of all the audio from for the um, things we produce, the uh, actual plays, this uh, podcast, the full live stream audio goes on the Patreon RSS feed. And just basically give us feedback. Tell us what you want to see. Uh, on our on our weekly updates and uh, topics that are interesting to you, and also games that you'd like to see covered. Uh, so yeah, the patreon.com slash upturntable and upturntable.com is the website where you can find everything. And then of course, upturntable on all social media. Uh, so this stream is on uh, YouTube, Twitch, uh, former formerly Twitter, <laughs> the former site known as Twitter, and uh, uh, Facebook as well. So you can find it, Upturntable, just, just about everywhere and catch the live stream. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll do this again next week. Matt, do you think you're going to be available after Christmas, or are you going to be wiped out? Uh, oh, yeah, no, after Christmas? Yeah, yeah, I can do it. All right. For sure. All right, so thanks for joining us, and we'll be back again soon. Goodbye.